Up and into the pesky pole. And that's going to get down the line. That one looks like it'll stay fire. And goodbye, home run. The pesky pole. The 2-2. Swing a fly ball deep down the right field line. Slicing by the pesky pole. And that ball hits the pesky pole. Slicing toward the pesky pole into the corner, and that ball is gone! A green can. That one a high fly down the right field line, headed toward the pesky pole. Is he going to tuck it inside? Indeed he does! That is gone! Welcome to another episode of the Pesky Podcast. I'm your host, The Rit. With me is the OG, George Sutherland. And no, no, you are not seeing things. You are, this isn't some weird mix up here. We do have Mr. Ed Hand with us today. So let's start with you, Ed. What's going on, man? How you doing? Oh, man. I'm After watching that opening, I'm ready to run through a wall. That was that was awesome. I was, I'm hey, pumped up. You, you can't get too many uh, pesky pole shots and not, you know, get pumped up. No, I'm ja- I'm all jazzed. I'm ready to go. But uh, happy, happy to be here. This is I just left the pesky report. Now I'm on the the, the pesky podcast. So, you know, like I'm just I'm getting keep on getting into these pesky situations. Yeah. So, George, what's going on with you, man? How you doing today? How much, man? As you know, I'm on the road. If, uh, I put that in my column today. So, uh, I'm doing this. I'm doing this remotely. Uh, so far, so good. We're, we're holding up and uh, excited to do this. And it's great to finally meet you. Yeah, happy to so, happy to meet you guys too. So, Ed, let's tell tell everybody who's not familiar with you, like how how you to do. Was it socksprospects.com? Yeah, Sox Prospects was definitely like my big introduction into social media. Uh, my degree was in journalism um, back in 2011, and I kind of immediately realized that I didn't want to be a journalist and kind of had to figure out um, what to do with myself after that. I got I developed like a real um, passion for the minor leagues around that. I actually spent a year driving across the states interviewing um, like real life Crash Davises, like guys who. Um, mm-hmm played like a really long time in the minors uh but then like got maybe two weeks in the majors like i think the biggest name of those guys was like alan zinter who was um like the hitting coach for the reds for a bit uh he was a former first round pick taken in between uh Movon and chuck knoblock yeah in and ended up just getting a couple of like 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 maybe like 90 at bats for a couple of teams but you know played till he was 40 um so guys like that and then you know i got a got a nine to five and just before you know late 2019 i kind of realized i was burnt out on it um work i was working for um for amazon um on their uh, speech recognition um like alexa when that was first coming out and mm-hmm. i kind of made a pivot and it was 2019 and i got this job data streaming gate like um uh, like Pawtucket Red Sox games, which is basically, you know, you can like watch the updates uh, for games online, like just see like the box. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that for yeah. the Paw Sox, which was like, hey, this is a dream come true. And then pandemic hit and I, there was no minor league baseball. So I was out of a job for a bit. That was sort of when the Sox prospect stuff started and it's um, sort of taken off from there. Uh, and I, I got to sit there and say, I, I followed you for a while now, you know, 
one of the biggest things that I love to see you do is the the tournament you put together. <laughs> you know, and, and, yeah, and it's, yeah. all out of, it's all out of fun. It's all out of good nature. Uh, we are striving here at the Pesky Podcast to make it on the tournament next year. So, so that's one of that's one of our goals here. So we're, we're going to push hard and and try to be positive about it. So the qualifications for the tournament are totally arbitrary. Um, I kind of decided based on who is who people seem to like a lot, and I did like a play. I thought this was kind of fun. Was for like the lesser known accounts. I did like a play-in mm-hmm. tournament in July, just because I was really bored around the All Star break. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun, and I think it's good exposure also for accounts like within the community that you might not necessarily be as aware of. Um, and you know, it's like usually the usual suspects end up uh, going longer in it. But I think it's a nice introduction, and it's like a you know, it's like a cool, cool feeling to be acknowledged for the for the good work you've done uh, during during the season. Yeah, we are co- uh, here on the Pesky Podcast. We just released our first round of tournaments of guests that we've had on. So uh, Keith Folk and Devin Marrero got the buy because they're big major leaguers. So uh, let, let me let me scrout down here real quick. I feel like folks and, probably got this one in the bag. I mean, that's that, man, that man's uh, uh, like a regional hero I, here. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Uh, round one, Narcisco Crook is taking on Tyler Dearden. That's a good one. I think uh, we've got Dearden coming on um, with uh, the show that I do with Parker next week um, on the uh, to the show we go. I believe we have Dearden coming on that one, so that's that's cool. Dearden's a, Dearden's a great guy uh, overall. Uh, is going against John. so uh, we have Hunter Dobbins coming on again. I think. Friday. Oh, let's go, Hunter! Hunter's awesome. Just fantastic, oh, yeah. great pitcher, fantastic dude. Uh, Theo Denlinger is taking on Joey Stock, the Viking. Oh, you got Den- you got Denlinger. Yeah, we, we, that we is... had him on. Hell uh, yeah! We, we, we're working on some behind the scenes stuff, mixing baseball and blacksmithing. Nice. So you know, is he gonna, is he gonna make you an axe? Oh, uh, I would love love to. Like a big old battle axe signed by him. That'd be awesome. Dude, Denlinger looks like he was like a Viking that escaped into like today's times. Like, uh, you, you know, like, 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 you remember that show Outlander where like they went back in oh, time, yeah. and, like, reverse Outlander. And then, uh, Macy O'Campbell is going against Alex Hoppe. That's and- a, that's an interesting one. I mean, Hoppe is kid. That kid's nasty. That kid's got a fast. Mm-hmm. So, and last but not least. Uh, the recently retired Kier Meredith is taking on our boy CT. Ooh, that's another good one. I I like I like Kier a lot. I was I I wasn't expecting him to retire, but it's also not a total surprise if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, it was funny. We got him. Uh, he announced his retirement. CT went and retweeted it, and I always you know throw out there in their uh, messages. I'm like, hey, we'll love to get you on the podcast. And he responded. And I was like, wait, sweet. So <laughs> we, we were actually his first uh, post-retirement That's uh, fantastic. podcast. So. I'm going to have to – I missed that one. I'm going to have to check that one out. 
Uh, yeah, it, w- it was a couple weeks ago, wasn't it, George? Yeah, uh, uh, two or three weeks ago. He's he's such a cool guy. He's a really, really nice guy. Clemson, so, right? Yeah. So, unlike uh, unlike the pesky podcast where we don't have problems getting people to come on, let's just go right into it. The Red Sox are having a heck of a problem getting some getting a GM to interview, let alone in the front door. So, George, uh, you just wrote a nice uh, little article about it that you just released. So let's start with you. Uh, what's going on with the Red Sox? Like, we can't get nobody to, to interview? Uh, is, is this the legacy that we have become? Yeah, I mean, this is just an absolute mess, okay? Um, if you, you know, and... You're thinking about it's just baseball. Well, not really. If you ever taken over as a manager someplace, and you're not allowed to bring in your own people, or you're not, you know, you say, well, this person has to stay, or this person's already been promised a job. It's not. It's not that enticing. Well, you know, baseball operations is is key because you want like-minded people, and you know, they gave, the management gave AC a you know large vote of confidence, keeping him on. You know. Pressure's on him to win because he's got one year left in his contract. But you look at baseball ops, you know, you got Eddie Romero still around. You got, you know, practically the entire team is still there. Plus, as I mentioned, if you're only going to last four to five years, your chance of making a legacy out of the thing is pretty tough because you're always looking over your shoulder. And you also have an owner who has a, a short attention span and, uh, you know, is out chasing the next new thing every four to five years. Uh, you know, uh, this, this this all goes back to John Henry. You know, and, and, I, and I commented today in my column, I said, look, I said, he's got, he's had up and comers, like, you know, Theo Epstein and did really well. He brought back old buddies of his, you know, Dombrowski. And then he goes after the new greatest thing, which is, hey, I'm going to run it on the cheap and you know, make analytics the the lead the lead dog in the pack, and you know, so he high as high and bloom. Well, none of those things lasted very long, and that's you know, if you're looking for stability and you're looking for, hey, I want to make my bones someplace, or I want to you know, I want uh, to take the Boston Red Sox job, and I want it to be a, you know a, a legacy position for me. This the way this has been running, this is not the place for you. So yeah, it's it's kind of um, it's dysfunctional, you know, with uh, you know large D. So yeah, and uh, well, what are your thoughts then? I think that that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good synopsis of what's going on. My my interpretation of it is that the only person that really makes sense for it is somebody that's already in the organization. So if Eddie Romero ends up with the job that makes sense. He's already familiar with Cora. He's already familiar with the staff there. So that, I mean, just reading the tea leaves, that's what it says to me, but they do seem to really be placing an emphasis on doing more interviews, um, which I don't, they, they, I think wasn't Bloom the only guy that they interviewed like in the, in the last one. So I'm not really sure what the strategy is here. I feel like it doesn't really benefit them to take their time on this with the GM meetings coming as soon as the world series is over. Um, 
it's it's a very strange situation. I don't really uh, I can't I can't say I really understand what the the logic is, especially considering they fired Bloom to get a head start on this in like September. What what is taking this long? Yeah, uh, one of my big things that I'm always like, if you look at the uh, past there, Dombrowski, they told him win his championships. He won him. He won a championship. He won two championships and got rid of him. Wait, what? He's doing. He's doing what you what you asked. Then High Bloom comes in, build us a farm system. He built a, one of the, probably the best farm systems we've ever had in quite some time. And then they get rid of him. Like there is no job security there. And then to be told, okay, well. These people are staying, so you don't get to bring in, just like Heim didn't get to bring in his his own, you know, managerial team or any of that. The next one, okay, AC's your, your manager, no matter what. Like, how can you feel secure at a job knowing that no matter what you do, you can, you can win two World Series and still be fired? Like, that is ridiculous. So, George uh, or Ed, anything? Any more comments? Yeah, I mean the job security part of it. I believe I think Dombrowski only won one World Series here, but he had one? two. He had two. Yeah, like like every team he did made the playoffs. Every team, even the yeah. 2019 one, finished above 500. So he, you know, he did exactly what was expected of him. And when they realized, oh, there are consequences to selling your future to build in your present. They said, okay, we don't like this anymore. Like we don't want to pay Mookie bets. Let's bring somebody else in and do this. So the Chiefs, they bring high and bloom in and there's less of an emphasis placed on the big league team. There's more about updating the farm. There's, you know, not, not even just the, the personnel there, but just make like modernizing the staff, modernizing their methods. Um, mm -hmm. But he also did, you know, you can say what you want about Bloom's trades and his free agency signings. He drafted, they, they drafted extremely well under him. And we're just starting now to see some of the benefits of that. And that's not even, that's not even acknowledging some of the trades that he made, like William Abreu that ended up, because not every trade for a prospect is going to work out. You have to, you know, you have to go through some garbage to find the gem sometimes. And, um, we're starting to see some of the results of that, but it's a process. This isn't, a, it doesn't take, three years it doesn't take four years look at the houston astros they've been to what seven consecutive alcs's now well they mm -hmm. were they were the laughing stock of the american league for three years i think around like 2009 2010 mm -hmm. but they used those draft picks they got their alex bregman they got their carlos correa they were able to create this pipeline um so that when they lose guys they can either trade for more or mm -hmm. they can bring in their own guy like um was that pina who replaced correa yeah, 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 and then you know, like you try. Okay, we yeah, have this yeah. top one hundred outfielder, this top one hundred prospect outfielder. Let's trade him for Justin Verlander. We need a pitcher, stuff like that. They can they can pull off. Um, and it's but it takes time to get to that. And I I think that it would be I would be uncomfortable as an executive. And listen, I don't work in Major League Baseball, so I'm sure there's a lot of stuff I don't know about that goes into this. But if you're telling me that the last two people in charge basically did exactly what you asked them to do, and then you you didn't have their back, you were the scapegoat for every problem the team had. 
We had to trade Mookie Betts because of Dave Dombrowski. Dave, and then High and Bloom traded Mookie Betts, and we didn't get enough back for him. We didn't make the playoffs because High and Bloom didn't make trades at the deadline. Why would you want that job? Like, really, why? Why would you? Why would anybody want that job? Yeah, um, it, it, you, if you look at it, okay, hey, uh, Hazen from Arizona, he's happy where he is, and and rightfully so. L- look at what he built there now, you know. Uh, former Rangers, uh, John was it John Daniel? John Daniel, yeah. John Daniel, you know, yeah. he he said, "I'm not uplifting my my family from Texas." You know, and great excuse. You know, uh, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to uproot. You know, my family from Texas to go to Boston for a couple of years, and then be out of my Texas home. Uh, Miami didn't someone from Miami also? Mike uh, Hall. Yeah, you know, yeah. He, he just said no. Thanks. So you know, that's three people right there. Uh, okay, George, would you? Because Ed made some great points. Hein Bloom's drafting was impeccable. You know, the people he was able to draft. Would you have been okay if they would have kept Hein Bloom around as an assistant and had him look at all uh, all the stats and do the drafting? I think that's where his talent lies. I think that his ability to build um, a knowledgeable group of people to that can recognize talent and dig deep, you know, and find, you know, find the hidden gems. You know, I mean, it's easy to draft a Marcelo Mayer, you know, a, a top a consensus top five pick, but, you know, he's done a really good job in finding, you know, you know, diamonds in the rough that just need a little bit of tweaking here and there. And, you know, you know look at Roman Anthony. I mean, good heavens. We, to project that a, you know, a high school kid who, you know, he's 19 years old now has just rocketed up the, the system. Uh, yeah. I mean, would he have done it? Probably not after ha- having sat in the big chair, but yeah, I mean, that's where his talent lies. And I think that's where he goes in his next job. And he will be incredibly good at it because he, you know, he it's it's a knack he has in that. That's a talent. And, you know, for an organization looking to rebuild, you want somebody strong in that area? Yeah, High Bloom would be your guy for that. Ed? Yeah, I mean, I I understand why they cut the court on it. If you know if you don't believe that he's the guy who could make the big move to get like your, you know, in this this offseason, your Yamamoto or trade for Corbin Burns or someone like that. When they this is that's what they need. They need a frontline starter. They're not going to be able to develop that on their own. If you don't believe that High and Bloom is the guy that can make that move, you're absolutely right to move on from him. I think the problem is it's 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 what Boston it's what this group has always done. They kick guys in the ass on their way out, just like they did to Terry Francona, just like they did in their own way to Theo Epstein, just like they did to Dave Dombrowski. Um, they can't make it pleasant for them. They can't be just like, this is a, you know, like this is the parting of ways. Like it's just not what we're looking for right now. Um, so I think that that, I think that that kind of hurt their own image with it. Um, I, 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 it's frustrating to watch as a Red Sox fan when you're kind of alienating people from potentially wanting to come here. Yeah. Uh, 
the one that he's doing the same thing to clubs like San Diego and spending it, you know, just splurging. Uh, he is more along the lines of strategically spending money. He got Trey Turner. He's got uh, Zach Wheeler. You know, he, he's spending money, and, and he's spending money on another man who we're going to switch over now, Bryce Harper. You know, Bryce Harper, he's been doing some things, shutting pe some people up. And I've said it to George. Uh, I've, I've said it, you know, to a few other people. Bryce Harper resembles what the city of Philadelphia is in baseball. You know, he was okay in, in D.C., but his attitude, the way he, he portrays himself, is all about that city of Philadelphia. And I want to talk about a little, uh, some stats. Comparing Bryce Harper, I, I know you guys don't want to talk about, you know, anything but Red Sox, but I, I've got to I've gotta sit there and point this out. We're going to compare Bryce Harper postseason stats to Mr. October himself. And could Bryce Harper, since he's been, since he's been consistently in the playoffs now and on a great winning streak, could he be the next Mr. October? So let's let's start with George. George has got Mr. October stats. I do. Uh, look, from 1971, you know, when he played for Oakland, up until 86 when he, re when, you know, he was in California. In 77 postseason games, he hit 18 home runs, drove in 48, uh, you know, and then, you know, with 281 at-bats, he collected 78 hits. And, you know, he he just – he was one of those guys that came up in the big moment and just did it, okay? Uh, you know, no feel – there was nothing too big for him. And I think that – I think part of that came from his early days in Oakland when – you know, he had a trudge through working with Charlie Finley and that and that crew. Of course, Dick Williams, you know, pushed a few buttons with him anyway. But there's he he just he embodied what it be, was to be clutch, you know, in the postseason. We saw it here in Boston with with Big Poppy. You know, the man the man knew how to come up big in the postseason. And I think right now, you know, you, you Rich your point about uh, Bryce Harper coming up. And starting to show, I'm the man in the postseason. You know, the new Mister October. Yeah, he's he's taken on that mantle, and done it. You know, uh, in a position that he had to learn this week, this year, so he could get on the field. Not half bad. Well, Bryce Harper so far has been in six postseasons, forty-two games, hundred and fifty-eight at bats, forty-five hits, fourteen home runs. 28 ribbies and his batting average is 285 slugging 633 on base percentage of 384 that's 
pretty damn good, you know, and he's been coming up with some some great moments, and he you, hears things that he's not supposed to hear, and it just adds more fuel to the fire. So, Ed, you know, well, what are your thoughts? Let's compare and contrast. It has been fun as hell to watch Bryce Harper, but he is not Richie Jackson yet. And there's one stat that didn't get brought up in this that exemplifies it. And it's how many World Series rings does Bryce Harper have and how many does Reggie Jackson have? Uh, Jackson has five. Harper hasn't won his yet. So until Harper gets a couple of those under his belt, he hasn't gotten that grand prize yet. He needs to get there. I think that Ortiz is more of a, a Mr. October right now than uh, than Bryce's. But that doesn't take away from what he's done. And he's still, you know, he's still got plenty of time. Um, that Phillies yeah. team... If they can get a little more, if they can get, you know, because they're going to lose Aaron Nola after this year, most likely. But if they can replace him with another pitcher somewhere, like they'll they'll be fine. I mean, that's a that's a powerhouse team if there ever was one. And with Dombrowski at the helm, you know, he's gonna he's gonna run that out as long as he can. But uh, I don't think he's there yet. I think that you need to you need to get the the big prize before you can be in contention. Yeah, it, uh, I I just love to hear people compare and contrast because. You know, right now in the postseason, Bryce Harper, everyone's talking about, is the flavor of the month, you know. <laughs> and the month just happens to be the postseason. And, you know, he, they eliminated the Braves. You know, a, the, the Braves were supposed to be – it was supposed to be, on paper, Braves and Dodgers and LCS. Both teams are gone. That's why you gotta no. play them. That's the fun. That's the fun part of baseball. You know, it's not like NBA where you can look at the teams and be like, okay, this one's probably gonna win. In baseball, anything can happen in a short series, and that's. I mean, I'm not expecting the Diamondbacks to beat the Phillies in the NLCS, but it could still happen. It's not like this is. Uh, it's not like we haven't seen something like this happen before, say in you know 2004 or something like that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's uh, let's switch. And talk about the postseason. You know, you, you got that big battle down in Texas, you know, the Rangers and the Astros. That then you got the Cinderella team, the Diamondbacks, and the team is just pure spit and fire, the Philadelphia Phillies. So Ed, let's start with start with you and let's start in the AL. Oh, yeah, you want uh, Texas Houston. Battle of Texas is gonna be fun, man. Um, you've got the team with the momentum. And the team that just threw money at everything over the last couple of years, and it looked like they were going to, you know, they had a chance that Seattle was going to overtake them at the end of the year, and they managed to hold it together. Corey Seager put up a borderline MVP season. You're getting Nady Evaldi really show exactly what it means to be a big game pitcher. You've got Jordan Montgomery. I mean, boy, like whatever prospects they gave up for him, he's already paid them back in spades. Um that's a team that's been resilient, and they have destroyed everybody in their path so far. Um, but then you've got Houston, who is, you know, seven ALCSs in a row. That That's hard to do. It's hard to make one ALCS. Seven consecutively defending champions. You've got Dusty Baker. You've got, as your manager, no, veteran, knows, knows how to push all the right buttons. You've got Justin Verlander, who's been there, done that a few times at the top of that rotation. Plus, you know, like uh, Val, you've got Valdez in that rotation too. You've got uh, 
just seasoning. You know, these are guys who have been there before. They were there last year when they did it. Um, and then you've got it's got the king of clutch right now, Jordan Alvarez, who is yeah. as close to a David Ortiz as we've seen since David Ortiz. The guy just always seems to come up with the big hit. I, 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 I he still haunts my dreams from uh, 2021, what he did against the Red Sox in the ALCS. There, um, it's they're an impressive bunch, and it, it's it. I could see it going either way. My gut says the Houston Astros, but. Texas has the momentum, and I think I've underestimated them all year. Like, I can say that I tend to think that you can't build a team purely by throwing money at people and just going after whoever's hot at the time. And we saw that backfire on the Rangers repeatedly. We saw Jake DeGrom get hurt without throwing a single pitch for them this year after they threw, like, uh, not like, what was it, $150 million or something at him five yeah. years. We saw them trade for Max Scherzer, and he hasn't even been able to pitch in the playoffs. Um, well, did you re- – I read an article. Scherzer has the chance to make the roster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. come back. Yeah, so but he hasn't do, yet. They had to get through that first those first two rounds without him, and they have managed to do that. That team is resilient as all hell. They've done it without some really key pieces. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, you got to tip your hat to that. Like it's it's impressive. Both teams. You know, there's good reasoning for either of them. I lean towards the team of experience, though. Um, it's very, very difficult for me to bet against Justin Verlander leading that staff. But if any team is gonna is gonna knock them out, it's it's probably the Rangers. Yeah, uh, I've always when I look at a playoff series, I look at the top three pitchers, and if Scherzer is able to come back and be eighty percent of what Scherzer can be. As your number three, you know you got Montgomery. Yep. And then you then you got Nasty Nate. This is postseason Nasty Nate. That, that that's a different level. Like I don't. I watched a little Dragon Ball Z back in the day, and like Nate's one level. Like he's okay. Then all of a sudden he goes Super Saiyan in the playoffs, and he just goes like lights out. All right, but is he a, is he Super Saiyan Goku? Is he Vegeta? Is he Broly? Who who is who is Nate? I'm sorry, this is totally going over your head, George, but I need to know. I need to know this. I say with the smirk that Nate gives, it's got to be Vegeta. Yeah, I can 100% agree with you on that. So, but then then if you can get Scher, uh, Scherzer back for your number three. Uh, it's it's gonna be tough. Like, yeah, Houston has that experience, but you're you're gonna have to play a almost perfect game of chess, not checkers. We gotta play chess to be able to get not one, not two, but three of the starting pitchers to get to the bullpen. But Texas's uh, bullpen is pretty damn good too. So. George? I just hope that there's a Verlander Scherzer matchup. How cool would that be? Oh, that, yeah, that, that would be great. Be, That'd know, just be two, good two, for baseball. Two grizzled veterans. I, I, I'm still a little upset with Verlander. You know, when he when he went and yelled at AC that one game. You know, <laughs> but like, dude, you know, yeah. just sit down. <sighs> so. You know, the guy the guy's married to Kate Upton. He can do whatever he wants as far as I'm it, concerned. <laughs> exactly. So, OG, what's going on, man? 
ALCS, uh, who you picking? What's the what are your top things? I the Astros should win, but it would not surprise me if the Rangers to, got to them. I think they may have caught fire again, and periodically through the season they have these stretches where nothing matters and they just mow everybody down. If they're on one of those stretches, Houston's in trouble. You know, they, they got it. You saw, you, you saw Nate the other night. Okay. He looked like the Nate Evaldi that we watched, you know, in 2018. Right. I mean, he, yeah. he just, he, he's just a presence on the mound. I'm going to come on boys. Hop in my back. Here I come. All right. Follow me. Uh, that's just, that's key. And, and right now they're getting contributions from the people they need to get contributions from. As I said, if they go on a hot streak, you know, it's a, it's a tournament, right? You know, you catch the hot hand, you run with it, right? Your description uh, kind of reminds me a little of the Red Sox in 2021, though, with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they – I, I – here's my problem with – one, I, I in deep in my heart, I want to pick the Rangers, but you you can't ignore the fact that the Astros had the experience, and um, right now they want to repeat. Okay, I think that's in the back of their head. They look, I think they're looking ahead a little bit as well, but yeah, I, it, it's gonna listen. It, it will go seven games. I I or, or could go seven games. I have no doubt at all. You know, the, up until now, you know, we've had sweeps, two four-game series, you know, and things like that. This one's going to go probably at least five, probably six, maybe seven. That's good for baseball. Bad. Yeah, I want it's – been, it's been kind of a boring postseason in some ways. You know, not – I mean, the drama's been there, but I, I, I like my elimination games, you know? Yeah. But, you know, it's been, it's been fun at the same time. Some, some big – you know, big name teams who did amazing things in the regular season, you know, you know, you took one to the head, you know, see also, see also the Dodgers and the Braves. But yeah, I mean, I, my heart wants to pick Texas, but you know, my, the common sense in me says, no, you got to go with the Astros. So. Oh, uh, what do you guys think the chances are before we jump to the NL, a repeat world series? Yeah, I'd go sixty forty on that. I would go sixty forty. I think that it's more—it's the most likely of the matchups, but that doesn't mean it's a slam dunk either. Mm-hmm. I think those are the two favorite teams mm-hmm. in each series, though. So okay, let's switch over to the NL. Georgia, start off with you. We we got we got the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks and the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, yeah. The only thing I want to see is a throwback game with the old powder blues for the Phillies. And I love those Diamondback jerseys with the purple cut sleeves. I oh, love yeah. those. I, I love those from way yeah, back when Randy Johnson was there. Yeah, yeah I, I love those ones. So that, that's all I want is a throwback game, and, and I'll be happy in that series. But Georgia, what what are some key things that and that you want to watch, and you know what's your overall prediction? 
I think Philly wins. I think that this series, this series probably goes six. But the Diamondbacks are a young, dangerous, dangerous, but and good team. Mike Hazen has done an outstanding job putting this team together. My goodness, he's you know he's he's got he he's just he's just got some talent there. And, but the, the Phillies are on a revenge tour. I've heard that a couple of different times. They are just on the revenge tour. They have a sick taste in their mouth from last October. Okay. And you know, they want the Astros again. Okay. And, and that's why, you know, they just, you look, you look at the Phillies and they just got fire in their eyes and say, yeah, yeah, we're back. We're going to the world series. And this is no turning that back. Um, I mean, I'd love to see the Diamondbacks upset them. It would be great. For, it would be great. You know, a good, nice young team. And, you know, they've got, they've got some future, future really good stars in that, that club. But you, can't, you just can't deny, you know, the, the, the force that the Philadelphia Phillies are. And, yeah, I think we're looking at – I think the chances of a repeat of last year uh, is probably 75-25. But yeah, it, it's it's the Phillies. The Phillies look like they're they've already punched the ticket. You know, they're just like, okay, fine. You know, we'll handle business here. But I think they'll have to do it in six. Yeah, uh, I sit there and I think the way the, the Phillies are mentally, they want the Astros, but if they get the Rangers, it's going to piss them off even more, and then the, the and, and they're going to barrel through them. So, Ed, what about you? Oh, man. I mean, it's David and Goliath, isn't it? Yeah. Phillies, I think yeah. it's like you said, the Phillies already are acting like they're there and they're not. The Diamondbacks are another team that's been underestimated. I mean, go into the, the preseason with this. You have the Padres just spent just threw money at everything. You know, spent like 300, nearly $300 million on Xander Bogarts after trading for Juan Soto and building a, you know, a super team. The Giants are the Giants. They're generally pretty good. They missed out on Aaron Judge, but you're, you know, you're not not going to bet against the Giants either. They're the, I think, the most successful team in the National League this century. They're like the Red Sox of the NL. Um, and then you have the Dodgers, who are, you know, are powerhouse that they always are. Got the uh, got their first round by. And then you have the Rockies, who you know, or kind of like, what are they doing here? But I don't think anybody has really respected the Diamondbacks to the extent that they deserve it. And them being here, if you look at the roster, it shouldn't be that surprising. You've got a really good frontline guy in Zach Gallen. You have one of the most exciting uh, young players in Corbin Carroll that you're going to, I mean, that's, that's a guy that's winning rookie of the year. And it like, no one's even, considering anybody else, even though like Nolan Jones on Colorado is was like a 2020 player this year and you've got other mm -hmm. good rookies, but it's like, it's not even, it, it's not even a consideration. He's the winner. It, it's not a bad team. They made one of the quietest, great relief pitcher pickups at the deadline and getting Paul Seawald um, really gives them that veteran option back there. Tough to hit righty closer, but the Phillies are the Phillies they've been playing out of their mind. The synergy on that team is unbelievable. And when guys like Trey Turner and Bryce Harper are playing to the height of their power, I mean, it's pretty impressive. And then you have a bullpen that's strong enough that, you know, Craig Kimbrell 
if he's not pitching the way he needs to be, well, let's just put in, let's just put in Matt Strong. He'll get the save. Let's put in, you know, mm-hmm. whoever. Like they've got, they've got a good team that plays well together and that has a goal and they're hungry. They're freaking starving after last season. So that's going to be really tough to overcome. But if they're not focused, if they are already decided that they are in the World Series and this is just a formality, that's where they run into trouble. That's where things could fall apart. And they have to be really careful because I think that um, the Diamondbacks are playing with house money and you, uh, you know, they don't have anything to lose here. They weren't expected to get this far and they're here. They, here they are, you know, knocking on the door of the World Series. Yeah, um, I've always, you know, you, you bring up the the Padres throwing money up, Ed, and I've always put them, put the Mets. You can build super teams in basketball. That's fine. You can't build them in baseball. Look at uh, the World Baseball Classic we had last year. On paper, the Dominican Republic should have walked through every every team. But you got to be able to play together. You got to have chemistry. You know, that's what the Phillies have. Yep. The Phillies have that chemistry. You know, uh, Trey Turner, I still picture it uh, that they posted after he hit the Grand Slam for Team USA to the Hawk Hogan theme song, you know, Real America. Think we're breaking up here yeah i think he i think he's breaking up a little yeah, yeah i mean he, there's no denying that philadelphia um has some unbelievable chemistry and i think a lot of that um happened last year in that at bat where harper went and uh, who was it he went to the plate with and kind of told him what might be coming and then the ball leaves the yard uh but yeah, they are definitely uh, they're together as a unit. You can see it, you know. Uh, but your point is your point is right. If if they if they are looking past, and I think they are, uh, they could they could be in for a trap. But I I think they're so they're so dedicated to the revenge tour that 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 might I, I think that, that that's their mission. Yeah, this is. We're going to get there, but you know, I haven't lost sight of the fact that you know we're we're here and we still have to take care of business. It wouldn't but shock me if, if if like Arizona came out guns a blazing and just like went off on them game one, and Philly had to count. Oh yeah, that. right. Which is why I think the series will go six because I think I think Arizona can sting them a little bit. And uh, but the thing to remember about the Phillies is they saw the Braves just go, you know, way out in front. And instead of trying to play catch up, they said, "All right, we're playing. We're playing to get into the postseason. So we're going to do all the right things, set ourselves up, so that when we get to the postseason, we already know what to do." Uh, you know, they didn't go. Listen, we're going to try to catch them. All right, that's that was a very dumb thing to even think of. Dombrowski's a smart GM. He just said, "Okay, you know, we'll, we'll build for the postseason, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll handle it when we get to October." And that was the right thing to do, and you know they're, they're, they're rested. They've got they've got the tools they need to do the job. So you know that's why I th- that's why I think that they they get to the they get to the next round. So okay, real quick, 
George World Series. Who who's in it and who's going to win it? Astros, Phillies, and I think the I think the Phillies win this year. I really do. Ed? All right, I'm gonna I'm this. I'm dedicating this to my good friend and co-host Ryan Brady. Um, it's going to be Astros Houston. Uh, sorry, uh, Ast- sorry, Astros Diamondbacks, and uh, Astros are going to win. I'm going. I, I, listen, I know I'm not. I'm not good at gambling. I'm not good at gambling. I wouldn't put money on this, but I, I need to see Brady's faith in Dave. You know, like I, he loves Dave more than he loves me, and I need him to love me more than he loves Dave. It's, it's really <laughs> simple. Well, it's kind of ironic because I'm going to go with Phillies Rangers in the World Let's go. Series. Let's go three different matchups. I love it. Three One different matchups. Right. We're going to sit there and keep track of this. We're going to we're going to mark this date down. I'm going to go Phillies uh, winning it all though. So I'm going to great. How's weird? I didn't think Ed you were going to go Diamondbacks at all. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Objectively, I know that the Phillies are the favorite here. This isn't, I'm not making this on logic. I'm making this on the fact that I went to Arizona State for a year and I used to live there. <laughs> so I'm, uh, if my team one is the Red Sox, my team two are the Diamondbacks. I can't bet against them. So, but hey, we're going to have to mark this down and everything. But, uh, and it's time to play a little game we like to play on. The pesky podcast. Fair or foul? Oh, I love the graphic. This is awesome. You guys, I you guys are ro- rolling out the red carpet for me. This is awesome. So uh, I'm not sure if you know how fair or foul works. Explain it to um, me. Let's hear it. Statement. Can you say if you agree with it or foul that you disagree? And okay. Let's start off with a let's start off with an easy one. All right. Ryan Bayo will not get an extension this offseason. Okay, George, we're gonna start with you. Brian Bayo will not get an extension. I think that's fair. Um I think again, I think they're gonna wait a year with him. Uh they have too many other things that they need to take care of. You know, other starting pitching for one and a power right-handed bat for two. Um, if they have time and the money and incl- inclination, it might happen before spring training, but I, I don't see it happening. So fair. Yeah, okay. I'm going fair fair also on that. Um, if they if it does get done, it's going to be a really team-friendly deal because he'll just take their first offer. I'm sure they will make him an offer, but we know how they have a tendency to lo- to really lowball on that first offer. So I... I don't think so. Like you said, there are other priorities. I think even among the young players, I think Tristan Cassis is probably a higher priority right now. So I would, uh, I would say fair. I'm going to go foul. Ooh. I think there's several key factors. One, they need starting pitching. They want to keep Bayo around for a while. Uh, I think, so that's going to be one way. I think also, I think he's going to, his connection with Pedro, how much he he, he loves the the city, the team. He's going to uh, he's going to give a, a a first a friendly offer, you know, kind of like Xander did in my opinion a couple years ago. Team friendly offer, okay, I'll take it. 
if I succeed, then we could, then it just makes my value uh, higher down the road where it's either here or there. And another thing is, I think they're really, really going to need that starting pitching. Uh, the new GM, whoever it might be, might and has to make a splash and make the make himself look look good. So if he's able to keep Bayo around for five, six years, you know, with, with a nice, nice contract, bring some starting pitching in, it's going to make him look good. And whoever comes in, or if it's Eddie himself, you know, takes the job, they're, they're going to have to appease the fans because like we talked about, you know, George and I and uh, Chris last week, winter weekend, the, the the owners might might be taking a vacation because they're they're not going to want to do that again to, you know back to back year so i will go yeah, foul body doubles there okay uh question two but the rumors of the socks bringing back uh the translator when okajima was here is that a good sign for us signing Otani, Ed. Um, did this guy work with Otani? I'm not really that familiar with the uh, the, tra- the like the translator game. I, I would say foul. I I don't think it really affects it. I heard that there was some um, the team wasn't happy with the communication between um, uh, Yoshida Yoshida. and the rest of the team. And if they've worked with Okajima's translator before, they're probably more comfortable with him. He's familiar with what they want. So I, I don't think, I mean, I don't think it hurts it or anything, but I I don't think it really affects it one way or the other. So I'd say foul. Uh, Okay. Uh, George. Down with that. I think foul. Um, He's been out of the organization for quite a while. So to bring him back, uh, who knows? Uh, that this 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 somebody out there. It'd be it'd be fine if they did, but there's somebody out there that they can bring in that'll that'll do a good job. And if they're serious about bringing in Otani, they'll, they'll Otani will probably suggest somebody. So you know, I'm, I'm not that that's that'd be a nice thing, but I don't read much into it. Okay, and I I want to piggyback on you guys. I don't. I will also stay foul, but I think it's a good sign that they are. Like Ed said, they they wanted to bring. Uh, they're having problems with Yoshida and translations and stuff like that. So I think they wanted to upgrade their Japanese translator because I think they're they're in the Japanese market this with Yamamoto. Uh, they're one of eight or nine teams over there checking out Matsui, uh, the closer that's coming uh, over. You got Otani, so I, I think they're they're going to be in the Japanese market, and they they got to bring it bring in someone they're familiar with. But just for Otani, I say foul. Next up, we're going to start. we uh, go with you, Ed. Alex Cora as manager is hurting the GM search. I mean, oh boy, that's so here's here's the thing and I I need to I need to lead into it this way. I think Alex Cora is a top 5 manager in baseball. 
I think he is, listen, you can complain about what you want to with him. Nobody's perfect. He's not always great with the bullpen. We're always going to question decisions when they don't work out. But I think his feel for the game and his feel for his players and his ability to get the most out of his players and the personnel he's given is elite. With that said, I don't see how knowing who the manager would be when you come in saying this guy has to be the manager would help it at all. So I would say that it probably hurts it. Uh, I would say foul on that, a uh, fair on that. Okay. George? I'm going to say fair. And the reason it, the, I agree with a lot of things you say, Ed. I think he is a very good manager. He's a, bull, he's a bullpen killer. You know, he's, he's, he's got that as a strike against him. Uh, but if you're a GM, you, you gotta want somebody who's going to be in lockstep with you, or you've had in a relationship in the past because there's a trust factor that goes with that. You know, uh, you're the two guys that are going to take the heat every night if, or, you know, things aren't going right. So you, you have to have a relationship. I think core is respected. I think that's a good thing, but yeah, you can't fault a GM for wanting to bring in his own person. So yeah, I, I think fair, you know, with a couple of asterisks thrown in. Okay. I will go. I'm going to go foul. And for the simple fact is if you are a good GM just like at a work, if you're a good manager, you know, you can work with anybody hand in hand. I think AC being there for has been as long as he has could be a benefit to a GM. Okay. These who I feel are our strengths. These are, I feel are our weaknesses. Uh, let's try to improve them. So, that's where I'm going. I, I, I think that him being there would be a bit more of a benefactor than a d deterrent. I think the biggest deterrent is ownership themselves. So, so I'm going to say, I don't agree with you, but I like the tank. Mm -hmm. I actually think that that's a good, that's like a very solid, like counter counterpoint there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I've always, there's some, weird things that I've always said in the podcast, you know, like we talked about Verdugo leading off, you know, that people don't agree with, but I, I like thinking outside the box in different ways, you know, and heck uh, my out of pocket uh, trade deadline on our trade deadline show prediction was uh, <laughs> Nolan Arenado was going to go to the Yankees. That would have been wild. Like I, yeah. I was, I threw that out there and it was shocking to everybody, but it, it, it was something that was out of pocket uh, that would have helped the, the Yankees lineup. You know, it wouldn't help them too much because they still would have, you know, won as many playoff games as we did. I really try avoiding like making trade predictions just because mm -hmm. it's, it, it's, it, it's not a science. It's not an exact science at all. There are a ton of things that make sense on paper, but we don't know the dynamic within the clubhouse. We don't know what other teams are looking for. So when I hear somebody be like, oh, that trade idea is crazy, unless like the value of it doesn't make any sense, it's really mm -hmm. hard to, like if it's just like, well, why would St. Louis trade uh, 
trade Arenado. It's like, I, I don't know. Maybe they would like, you, 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 we, we don't know. Um, but I try, I try to avoid predicting that just because I'm, I know I'm not good at it. Yeah. I, I, I always, I, I always look at, at that time, this, uh, St. Louis was trading off pieces. You know, I, I'm like, okay, well, if they're trading off pieces, maybe they're going in rebuild mode. Arenado, you can get a lot of prospects for him, you know, kind of like out there in, uh, in Anaheim. You know how many prospects they could have sit there and got for Otani? And- oh, man, that whole situation, I would not. Listen, trading Shohei Otani is the right move within that situation. I, I think that that's very obvious. But do you want to be the team that traded Shohei Otani? I, I don't think... I, people have a hard enough time with the Red Sox trading Mookie Betts, who yeah. is a like a future Hall of Famer. But it's like the difference between trading Willie Mays or trading Babe Ruth. Like We've seen what happens when you trade Babe Ruth in Boston. Um, people still haven't forgotten that. and They certainly <laughs> didn't during the World Series drought. Um, I... I can understand why you don't trade Shohei Otani. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. So the last question for fair or foul, the Red Sox know how to cater to Japanese baseball players. George, start with you. I think that's fair. I think they've demonstrated it, uh, you know, long ago with Dice K. Uh, they just, uh, they make them feel at ease. Uh, you know, going back to Theo Epstein when he was the GM at the time, and they were courting Dice K. You know, they they yeah, he went to those oh yeah Dice K son and you know the the whole plane thing and yeah I mean and yeah I think they 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 try to put them at ease, recognizing you know try to talk about Boston being a cosmopolitan city and all that stuff, and they always roll out the red carpet and they do the right thing. Um. So, yeah, absolutely fair. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say fair, too. And you can go even further back than the um, than the John Henry people with this because, like, I remember Dan Duquette bringing in Tomo Oka uh, way back when. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that and Hideo Nomo pitched for the team for Hideo years. Nomo Always, was correct. For a long time, there's been, since, like, you know, like the late 90s, there have been not just Japanese players, Korean players as well, mm-hmm. Taiwanese mm-hmm. players. It's they, they've been very good with the international, specifically the Asian market, um, and getting players in there and making them feel comfortable. I mean, we had Sawamura here, you know, we have Yoshida here right now. Um, yeah, there's no no lack on it. So, yeah, I uh, I mean, again, not the same country, but Yu Chang seemed, I mean, he yeah. didn't become a free agent again even when he uh got dfa he stayed with uh he stayed with worcester so you know like they're it seems like they do a pretty good job with their international free agents and making them feel welcome um so i would i would say fair uh, i'm gonna piggyback on both of you guys uh, and also say fair uh they, they just they, they know how to sit there and make them feel comfortable uh, especially, they kind of have to, because that plane ride, you know, from being home, it's okay if you're L.A., Seattle, Anaheim, you know, San Diego. Okay, that's fine. But when you're all the way out there in Boston, now, okay, we're, go- we're a little bit further away. 
So what can we do to offer? OG. Oh, um, uh, that was another. Yep. Picture. Like. Takashi Saito was here for a year. Yeah. You know. And, you know, we treat him great. Uh, so I got to go fair also. So, but that ends our fair or foul segment. So. That's a fun you, segment. I like that. Uh, you, you, you made it through uh, the first time. So. <laughs> Do people ever just like, I, I can't answer it. I can't. It's too much for me. Uh, there, there, there's sometimes where, where people were like, yeah, well, I'm just not going to answer that. <laughs> you know, so, but yeah, uh, it, it, it's something, you know, we do differently here and, and we really enjoy it. So, but guys, we're about out of time. So, uh, let, Ed, we're going to let you be first. The floor is yours. Roll out the red carpet and the credentials. Oh man. Um, Thanks for having me on, guys. This is this is super fun. Um, if you want to find me, um, follow me on Twitter at um, EdHand89. Um, I've been recently working on a, a show with uh, Andrew Parker um, at by Andrew Parker, um, affiliated with uh, Beyond the Monster. And last week's guest, uh, Chris Hendrick. Um, it's called To the Show We Go. It's literally just us having conversations with ball players and uh writers. We had um, you know, we've had we've had a bunch of like the recent draft picks, Zach Fogel, Trudder, uh O'Donnell was on, Kate Feeney. We've had some of the lower uh minor league guys. We had your boy uh, uh Chris Troy uh, Christopher Troy on it. We had um trying to think uh nathan landry lefty reliever um we got to talk with um chris clegg who is a uh like a rotowire writer uh, does a lot of he's like a scout i knew him from uh Sox prospects doing um because he does some of the scouting for them we've had rob bradford on we've got a bunch of uh i guess i'll just drop it here we've got loomer loney coming on tomorrow um and we're having bunch of different guests as many guys as we can get a lot of triple a guys that we met during the season that we got to talk with in the clubhouse that we're going to be able to have a bit more extended conversations with a um, couple of big leaders i know uh joe jakes is uh we're planning on having him on zach kelly josh winkowski is a possibility um so we're you know we're we're working hard there we're um and it's like honestly for me this is this is a, a dream for me to just get to talk to these guys and find out their stories and where they're from and all that. Um, also going to be starting um, a new weekly show with uh, my former uh, pesky report co-hosts uh, Hogdale and uh, Ryan Brady. Um, something that we, there was some stuff that we wanted to do on pesky report that we just didn't really have the opportunity to. And we kind of decided like, okay, like we've had a good run there. It's time to give other people an opportunity. Like let's, let's let's go try this let's go see what we can do with it and um so that's going to be starting up after the world series uh show title is uh pod on the river and it's you know we because we totally needed another red sox podcast um i'm not really looking at that one as being like this is the one that you have to watch it's just a couple of buddies from different generations where there's like a 10-year age gap between each of us hogdale is like a child he's like 23 i'm 33 brady i think is 43 so we're kind of uh different generations of red sox fans with very very like i think brady and i what we agree on we're in lockstep on but when what we disagree on we freaking hate each other um 
And but and Hogdale is a little more down the middle. He's like the peacemaker of us, as the youngest child always should be. But um, it's it's a fun dynamic. I love those guys. I've worked with them for a while, so the chemistry is already there, and we're uh, we're pretty pretty jacked up about doing it. So uh, you know, just keep keep your eye out for that early uh, early November. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, one Cade is coming on our podcast next week. Let's go. I missed that one. Oh. They, they, I wasn't on for that. That was Chris and Parker because um, I had to, I, I have a day job and I had to work. They have day jobs too, but they were able to do this at noon for some reason. I don't know how they got the time for it, but I was like, I can't, I can't take a break then, guys. Uh, Sorry. Well, when I did a, a wrestling podcast, I was try, I was able to get PD Williams on, and he can only do it at like one o'clock. Yeah. So I took two hours PTO or or like an hour. <laughs> just PTO. took it middle of the day. Middle of the day, I'm leaving to go go upstairs and do a podcast. I, I had my phone out there, you know. I went and did the interview with them and went, went right back down to work. So, uh, maybe they did something like that. I don't know. I I I wish I they work even. I, I got to tell you, I the games that I'm at in Worcester are generally because I'm covering them for data streaming. Mm-hmm. I don't go to every game though. I can't. Like it's I a. I don't always have an assignment and be like, again, I have a day job. I don't always have the availability to, mm-hmm. I kid you not Parker and Henrik were, I think at every game this year, at least every game that I was at, one of them was there. Well, they are, I am not sure I've ever met anybody quite as committed to getting into the, this industry and honing their craft. It's it's they're 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 a real uh, they're tremendous. That's the, that's the only way I can describe them. Absolutely tremendous. Yeah, uh, I was trying to get them uh, when they to come down to uh, some away games to the Rail Riders so we can meet, have dinner, you know, pick their brain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you know, DC, George, and myself, we're, we're kind. Of- Oops. Uh-oh. Oh. Uh-oh. Broke up again, buddy. I feel like, George, you're just there being like, oh, there he goes again, breaking up on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the breakup thing. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we, you know, just to pick their brain and, and you know, get, get advice because, you know, you, you never stop learning, especially in, in this, you know, baseball game. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, we're, we're all... It's all kind of part of the same thing. Like, we're all kind of just like, this is something like, if you're podcasting about it, if you're writing about it, if you're going mm-hmm. to this many games, you've got a passion for it. And it's a shame to waste passion. And I'm not, it, it's funny. I, and this was part of why I think I was saying before, like, I, journalism really wasn't the field for me. I'm not that competitive with this stuff. I like talking about it. I like learning more about it. I like meeting the people that are actually going out and doing it. Um, it makes me happy. And, you know, like if, and I, you know, like I'm, there's so many talented people out there. I like what I get to write about it and I like what I get to do with it. And, you know, as long as it's making you happy, you should do it. It's, it's, it's always great getting to other, getting to chat with other people that this makes them happy, you know? Exactly. So, George, any final thoughts for you? Yeah, I, I, I so kind of follow up on what you said. I, I we all do this for different reasons, but I do it. I, I do it because it's fun. I enjoy it. I enjoy you know t- talking to you know some of, some of the players, talking to you know, like guys like you because you know we all love the same thing. You know we love baseball. We love the Red Sox, right? Oh yeah. Uh, 
it's it's like what's the what's a better way of getting around a bunch of guy, a bunch of people talking baseball? I mean, you know, hey, there's nothing better. Hell uh, yeah! And it's like I, I can't think of it. I think if you, the only thing would be better if we were all in a, you know in a bar someplace and having a beer, but you know that that's not always possible. But you know, with technology today, we can do this, and it, and it is fun, and I enjoy writing about it. You know, you, you have a degree in journalism. You know, when I when I graduated from college, I I, I was an English major. So, you know, it's Similar. like it's things come full circle. And, you know, I'm having fun at it. As far as uh, finding me, you can find me on Twitter at Thurland Systems or my Substack, which is Pundit of the Pesky Pole, uh, you know, Substack.com. I, you know, I, I do a weekly Sunday morning coffee notes column uh, covering all things Boston sports, but mostly Red Sox. And uh, you can also find me here. So uh, uh, this is, uh, you know, this is just me having fun and I'm enjoying it. So last but not least, head on over to the hyphen pesky hyphen podcast dot square dot site. Get your pesky podcast merchandise like the one I'm wearing. Roman Empire established 2022. Uh Join the growing legion on the back. Uh, get your Halkamania t-shirt. You know, Tanner Halk, gotta love the guy. So, Halkamania ran wild the last game of the season. Or, for the ladies, get your pesky party girl shirt. Guys, George loves it. Get your... <laughs> get your beverage containers out. Your favorite adult beverage. Yeah. Yes, we've got. Glasses, I, have, I have. I have a couple of glasses. Yeah, yeah, glasses, wine glasses, shot glasses, beer glasses. You know, you can't listen to the podcast without a cold beverage in your hand. So, and last but not least, check us out on where we find all major podcasts: Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Subscribe, follow us, and. Thanks for checking out the Pesky Podcast. Until next time, he is the OG. He is, no, no, you're not tuning into the wrong one. This is not the multiverse. This is Ed Han on the Pesky Podcast. And I am the Rit. Until next time, thanks for checking out the Pesky Podcast.